Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Do you remember where you were when we elected a Sasquatch president? How about when you learned Ben Franklin was a robot? Or first heard Stalin's mixtape? I'm Zach Powers. I'm Brian Flynn, and we host The Revisionists. Each episode, one person explains real history and another tells an alternate version. And the winner becomes the truth. We let comics from Denver and around the country run wild through history. It's an in-depth look at history, but with more Babadooks. Check out The Revisionists, available every other Saturday. Wherever you get podcasts and at revisionistspodcast.com. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6NERDS5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Dave Callahan, creator of Jean-Claude Van Johnson. And this is Peter Atencio, the director of Jean-Claude Van Johnson, and you're listening to the Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic-Con 2018 and beyond. I am Ryan, with me always is James and Brad and Zach. And every week on Real Nerds <laughs> Podcast, we go see from the mic as he can a see. new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week we saw The Hurricane Heist. I just want to make sure that it's clear up front that, yes, this came up because I suggested it. Or said I was going to go see it, but I give you guys plenty of outs to not see this movie. Mm-hmm. Is it the greatest <laughs> mistake on Real Nerds since we saw Creature instead of The Help? Stay tuned <laughs> <laughs> the review of The Hurricane. Wait, that Heist. was the second option for the Creature episode? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I pushed real hard for The Help, and these guys were like, no, we should go see We don't want to see something uplifting. We and you know who stupid. had the best time seeing Creature? This guy right here. <laughs> these guys were like pissed and angry the whole time. Like, this is stupid. And I was like, this is hilarious. Octavia Spencer's Oscar winning role, Gator Rape. Mm. Um, I think part of it was like, hey, here's this movie that's like only in our market right now. So we should probably like take yeah. advantage Wait, of that. That's fair. Is there Gator Rape in Creature? I don't remember. I just assumed when I first saw uh, it, I was yeah. like, the redhead with the redhead character, whoever she was. Like, Sid Haig had her tied to a chair. I'm just like, I'm assuming something happened with the gator at some point. Yeah, no, they took women down to that cave where the guy with the blanket yeah, on him gator, stood cause, up. Yeah, because they have, like, gator babies or something. Yeah, right. At the end I of the movie, remember. there's a gator baby. Yeah. Oh, 100%. See, shitty movies I block out of my memory. Uh, we also talk about movies we've been watching, movie news, <laughs> uh, movies that are coming out. You know, we watch movies, and we like to talk about movies. Brad got some sweet laser discs. Probably the coolest mm-hmm. one is um, not that shit Street Fighter, but... Uh, Last Action Hero. Oh, hell yeah. That Last Action Hero is, is awesome. This is Signature Collection, MCA Universal Letterbox Edition of Street Fighter. You and know, it actually has special features. Wow. That's not cool Last at all Action because Hero. the Signature Collection is still around today and it's the cheapest DVDs in Walmart. <laughs> it feels those, those ones where you go through and like they, they shrunk the two co- Saturn Awards. Yeah. Best performance in a science fiction by Jean-Claude Van Damme. 
and no. Raul Julia because he died. <laughs> That's what it says on the back of the cover for Raul Julia. The program so died. toxic. <laughs> it killed Raul Julia. No, he got Best Supporting Actor and Best Science Fiction Film. This is a science fiction film, guys. It is. Have you seen Blanca in it? <laughs> oh, man. Well, good luck with that, Brad. Oh, I will. Uh, enjoy these. I hope you enjoy flipping oh, those discs. Air Force One here. Oh, yeah. get off that this is really plane! Cool. When he took it out, I thought it was the I thought it was the soundtrack to Air Force One on vinyl, and I was like, "That's awesome!" <laughs> I like Janet Maslin's quote on the back, like a fast-paced, red-blooded action film. <laughs> this has this has commentary by Wolfgang Peterson. Nice. Ooh. I don't know if the DVD has that. Uh, I think the, has the plane. No special features. I can't remember. Yeah. That's weird. You think a movie That's like that was like one of the biggest story. movies in '97 would have? Oh, special yeah. features. Yeah. But we also haven't had a True Lies Blu-ray yet, so what do I know? Absolutely nothing. Yep. Cool. How you guys been? Not bad. Yeah? Yeah. Feeling better, James? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I am. Mm. Good. Yeah. It was a short-term cold. Um, good. Yeah. It was like mostly just cough. Anyway, that's not why anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> if you made it more interesting, <laughs> like I... I was fighting a raging sea of... It wasn't. A tsunami of mucus when I decided that I had to fight it. When I struggled my way to the United Artists on a Saturday morning to be one of two people in the theater. (laughs) Rafe and I were the only ones in Hurricane Heist, and it was awesome. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. I, I had a, I, I, as soon as I walked into my theater, guy already snoring in his seat. <laughs> Movie hadn't even started, oh. and I wanted to just like let him go, mm-hmm. like see how long it would take. And uh, yeah, I think a good. 20 minutes in the movie he was still doing it which is hilarious <laughs> when uh he woke up and understood nothing where did that guy get this accent from <laughs> i don't understand this and, story uh, at all zach went to see strangers some dude like came in with like 15 minutes left of the movie wow so, some guy like in a wheelchair and like they had like his meal and everything he's like okay enjoy the movie and then we're leaving and he's like do you guys like it i'm like you just watched the climax i guess <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't, but, he doesn't like the tension like, building. But he was like super happy-go-lucky. I guess that's all he wanted to see. It's like, either, I'm tired. Either, either that or he's going to be watching it eventually. Like, yeah. he just came yeah. late. Maybe, or maybe, maybe he's seeing the he next showing. And, it, yeah. and he just got there early, so he made sure he got his lunch and stuff. Or he's yeah. like, I'm tired of sitting through all these movies when all I want to see is the climax. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tells me everything I, I need to know. know. how it ends. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. That would save me a lot got of time. to do. Yeah. Speaking of how things are ending, Brad, what's happening around town? Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. Uh, the Midnight at the Esquire this week is Jumanji, the mm-hmm. 1995 epic? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sure. With uh, Robin Williams, R.I.P. It seemed pretty epic at the time. What's it about? Don't leave me hanging. <sighs> is that a quote from the movie or are you asking me? Uh, no, I got that. No, no. James got it way faster. Than everybody File it. else. File it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, then, Robin uh, Williams killed himself by hanging himself. <sighs> Hold on, putting it together. <laughs> what We're did you say? It be assembled. Mm-hmm. He said, "Don't leave me hanging." Oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there was an old uh, bit on Conan O'Brien when he did the Late Show. Uh, or was it late late night with Conan O'Brien? Uh, it was 
Late night with Conan O'Brien. And yeah, it was he used night. to have this segment where he would go out and they'd have his son would say, Daddy, I just hit my first home run. He's like, that's great, but check this out. And he's flipped over. It's like this male model but without a shirt. What? <laughs> your your bag's right there. Full of <laughs> it's on the couch. He's like, no, you don't understand. I know you're talking, but I need your attention now. <laughs> um, and and, and so, anyways, so he'd be like, Daddy, I just hit my first home run. And he says, Yeah, check this out. He flipped it over, like a n- nude male model, and then it would be, I forget the guitarist, but he would come look at the screen and play like a rock riff, go. Inappropriate. <laughs> it's just a bunch of stupid skits, and with that stinger on it, Aww. and then you know that would have been it. Yeah, I used to record Conan every night before I went to bed for school, and you know he had stuff like "Guess We'll Never Have Back," like this guy named Barney Brittlebones, and he. And he <laughs> And then he came out and Conan like shaked his hand and it broke his hand. <laughs> and then Andy put his hand on his back and it broke his back. And they both jump over the couch and run out. And it cuts back to Conan and he said, where were we going? We're on national TV. <laughs> Quick, let's get out of here before someone sees us. I still have those videotapes oh, <laughs> that I'll never be able to watch. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then Thursday, uh, Emerging Fil- Filmmakers Project is at The Bug. $5 free beer. Come watch a bunch of what kind of beer? Uh, the cutting room floor brewery. Oh, cool! So um, it's like actual like microbrew. Microbrew, and they, he uh, Ryan uh, like has, has a has, brews a theme each time. So I'm not sure what the this one is, but like uh, there's like some vanilla IPA for something mm-hmm. like it's it's customized every time. So uh, based on like film. So mm-hmm. yeah, and cool. then um, and I'll remind everyone that uh, April. No, March 27th is the next open screen night cool. at the Bug. So bring a movie between two and ten minutes long, $5. No beer, but there's pizza. And, uh, I mean, you can buy beer at the concessions, but there's no Cowabunga. free beer. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and try to make something so you can win 50 bucks from the Real Nerds uh, podcast. Do it. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> See openscreennight.com. My body's failing. OpenScreenNight.com for details <laughs> on how to win that. Awesome. Cool. Sweet. Yeah, that's it. Hey, you. Kellen, do me a favor. Say, this is what's happening in real news. This is what's happening in real news. It's real news. This isn't really real news, but I pulled it up just because I, I liked it. Um, well, no, actually, I don't. I, I'm. I didn't initially like it. Anyway, um, they are slowly turning everything in California Adventure into just Pixar stuff. Yep. Um, so <laughs> they're they're making like a whole remodeling of a lot of the the what was Paradise Pier into now Pixar Pier and all this stuff. Oh, some of it's really cool looking. Yeah, I mean, if you've been to <laughs> California Adventure, I mean, half the rides there were Toy Story rides, anyways. Exactly. Yeah. So it makes total sense. It makes sense to me that they just rebrand the whole thing and. Make it so people are like, oh, I recognize this. Yeah. I did like the initial concept of it where, she, where it looked more like a boardwalk. Oh, no. Like, it's it's oh, awesome. It's, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why like my initial thing was like, oh, man, don't change that. Like, it's such a cool place to hang out. Um, it's cool. To but get... it's also like an hour and a half from like Santa Monica Pier. So, yeah. you know, that's probably okay. Yeah, we yeah. can just go to Santa Monica. <laughs> right. well, they're also, they're I don't like getting... Santa Monica, so I'll go to California Adventure anytime. <laughs> right. Well, they're not getting rid of the Mickey Ferris wheel. 
no, no, and no, they're keeping no, like all their not. like signature stuff. Nice. Yeah, um, but the truth is, a lot of stuff that's there was so generic yeah. anyway that it makes perfect sense. Still really cool. I remember Laura got a pizza there that had like fried pork skin on it. It was Ooh, amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, uh, when and my wife ordered, I'm like, why are you ordering that pizza? That's like opposite of what I expected her. Or I expect her to order like tofu cakes or yeah, <laughs> something stupid. Uh, my <laughs> fiance talked a guy there out of an apple. Um, and you, if she played the, like, I'm diabetic, I need a free apple card. And then she didn't eat it for the whole trip, <laughs> carried it around with her, brought it all but the way like back to trophy. Colorado. Like, like that was her, that was her, yeah, oh yeah, that was my, my, my diabetic apple that I got for free no, at California awful. Adventure. Like, look at these stupid apples. And assholes. it took a while for them to decide, like, it's what, well, 90, it's what, 98 cents out of Disney's pocket? I think you they're don't, fine. <laughs> you don't look diabetic. Let me think about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, Denny Vanilla Ice is making, um, he, at least he says he wants to make two Dune films. Which would make um, sense, because Dune is confusing enough as one film. <laughs> yeah, I, this is the first time I've been excited for Dune. Um, I, I'm excited for him to make more movies, but the fact that he, like, I think the best version of Dune is the miniseries that Sci-Fi made many years ago, um, as far as, like, adaptation is concerned, which mm. isn't a very, like you know uh brave thing to say considering that i don't know that anyone likes um david lynch's dune because it's real bad movie magic (laughs) 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 oh my gosh there's a there's a parrot in the room um Uh, anyway uh so yeah i i think it's cool i'm excited i'll i'll see dune and dune 2 the the, return to dune the (laughs) duner (laughs) <laughs> Meanwhile, Jodorowsky's going, but I already have the complete Dune in a book in my shelf in my He's room. He's a crazy guy. Yeah, right. Um, that documentary's yeah. great, though. It is really good. <laughs> but that guy wasn't making Dune, and we all know it. Yep. He was making all the other eight films that were made in the 80s, but not yeah. Dune. Um, uh, we are getting... we. This was a rumor last week, and now it's like for serious, which is that Kristen Wiig is going to be in Wonder Woman 2. She's playing Cheetah. So it also means that the news is that the villain of Wonder Woman 2 is Cheetah. So I guess that'll be fun. Is Cheetah pretty powerful? I guess so. Yeah, she's yeah. like half um, a, she's like half a cat. I forget her I the thing the problem with DC is their like golden age stuff. Yeah. is totally different than their modern age stuff, and I don't know what world it is, and so right. I don't know which one they're going to use. Who knows if she's half cat or if she's yeah. most likely she's going to show up. She's going to like things that are cheetah print. And she's going to have a mission for destroying the world. I'm just going to bet. And then she's going to go up to Wonder Woman and go, mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. Because <laughs> Catwoman did that in Batman Returns. Oh. Yeah. No. I'm going with that's, the cat theme. That's way too big of a setup for a horrible joke. No. I'm good. Zach, if you're going to tell a joke, make sure it has a something to do with it. Yes, like my sir. Robin Williams joke. <laughs> See, he killed himself by hanging himself. So a movie with him, I decided that I should... Mention. I just love that you had to bring it up one more time. Yeah, <laughs> but see, that's why the joke is successful. Your joke, everyone's like, "What?" Well, I'll give you lessons. Okay. All right. That's fine. Okay. Can you come out in a loose tie when you give the lessons? Like, hey, how you doing? Just make it fun for me. All right. <laughs> this next one's not really news because we talked about this when it was first discussed. <laughs> what is he doing? He's losing his mind. I don't know. He's being oh. my kid. Count you all uh, right? <laughs> nope. Just going crazy. Um. Oh, anyway, Kay. so there's that Alamo Draft House that we talked about was going to have a, a VHS video store in it um, that was basically just going to be full of Video Vortex movies. 
uh, they're the only thing that's news here is that they're going to be free to rent. Uh, so if you live near where, whichever one that was, they're building. I think it was one of those. Things like North Carolina or something. Yeah, like that? it was something like that. Uh, anyway, you're going to be able to go get Video Vortex movies and rent them for free, uh, which is crazy. So anyway, um, that seems cool. Moving on. <laughs> uh, ooh, uh, they released a photo this week of Thanos pulling a moon down to crush the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. <clears throat> They also released one of Spider-Man hanging on the side of a school bus. Anybody out there? Hello? School bus? Yeah, but this one's got Thanos pulling a moon down. Yeah, did Spider-Man pull a moon down? (laughs) Maybe he caught it with his web. Spider-Man power. Whips the moon back into space, then I'll want that that I want to see. Go web! I I already closed it, Brad. Hold on. Hold on. Fly! Up, up, and away, web! (laughs) It's in the trailer. It is, Yes. Uh, but I don't think anybody realized that's what it was. Um, that uh, I'm only talking about this because we talked about it last week. The $500 million deal to acquire Weinstein Company, that fell through this week. <laughs> so who knows? Uh, the, Did you hear why? Word, it's on, all word on the street is that there were other liabilities that had not been disclosed. In, the, in their book department, which... <laughs> oh, great. Every angle uh, of that company is just like seething with poison. My <laughs> guess is they just sell off their assets. Yep. That's essentially what that deal was. Yeah, but I they're mean, gonna have to do it like individually, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is gonna be rough. Dude, All right, can, two dollars for Shakespeare in Love. Two dollars, Shakespeare in Love. <laughs> no, no. Best picture, nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, it's you, you, you see Gwyneth Paltrow's boobs. She she started goop. <laughs> you two can put a, a rock in your vagina like Gwyneth Paltrow in Shakespeare Aww. in Love. We could we could <laughs> we could buy the rights to Phantoms. Ben Affleck was the bomb. That might be the cheapest title they'll, they'll, they'll yeah, offer. I think, I think Kevin Smith will buy the, the rights to Phantom. <laughs> uh, and then we just, uh, last couple of things, we got a couple of trailers this week. Yes, um, we did. I'm just going to mention the one for Lost in Space because I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually kind of excited for that. The, like the teaser, I was like, oh, this doesn't look good. But then uh, I like that one. It, the, they made the robot into a weird, creepy spider alien robot. Mm-hmm. I say spider alien because he's basically got Dr. Smith's claws from the movie. Uh, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah, I'll watch it. Uh, we got a trailer for Outlaw Johnny Black, um, which we also got a <laughs> crowdfunding like, platform or a campaign for. Is he? Are they just like putting him into old westerns? Because that's what it looks like. I can't tell if that's all new footage. I will totally give this movie no, some I, money. I think it's him, like shooting. And you then think they they're doing a kung pao? Yeah, like like Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid style, <laughs> yeah. which is brilliant. That's what it should be. Um, I threw that shit from the other room. Because it looks amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Either way. Oh, my daddy. <laughs> you, should, you should go watch the trailer for Outlaw Johnny Black. Uh, a lot of people have that name, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and then get the Black Dynamite Blu-ray. Yeah. Alan, what are you doing, bud? <laughs> I'm just picking my butt. Do you need to go potty? Uh, and then the very last thing is that we got a trailer for Christopher Robin. Yes, we did. And then the whole world... Just sort of cried a little bit. I love that Jim while. Cummings is Winnie the Pooh. Oh, bother. Uh, he's, it's so good. I've watched it like four or five times now. So it seems that one British bear is out to take out another British bear. No, this doesn't have to be war. We can Who's have British. We can have Henry already. De- oh, Henry already declared it as a war. Well, but he doesn't get to choose, man. <laughs> and you know what? You and McGregor are Scottish, okay? <laughs> yeah, these are these are yeah. One of them is Peruvian. And the other one's just an old man. Actually, there's a really good episode of a podcast called Every Little Thing, 
where you can answer the question that where they answer the question of how old is Pooh? Talks like an old guy, doesn't understand doors like a baby. How old is Pooh? <laughs> Just sorry, sorry. That's oh. you hurt my mom. This is why you, this is why you don't talk or eat while we. Do. Uh, doesn't understand doors. <laughs> he does. He has a hard time with very basic. I know he got sometimes. stuck in one that one time, and they had to pull him out. It was terrible. Um, but he persevered, and then he got stuck in the honey tree. As far as this trial, I mean, I'm just gonna assume that you guys also think that this looks cute. I oh, think really it looks. Cute. I I wasn't. I wasn't sold on the CGI at first, but then I watched it, the trailer a couple more times, and I'm like, I'm comfortable so. with this. No, I, I think it looked great. I'm yeah. going to go out on a limb, and I think there's a good chance this doesn't happen, but but Criswell over here is going to predict mm-hmm. that as the movie goes on, he becomes more and more like old-timey pe- poo. Like, like, as, oh, like as Christopher Robin rediscovers himself and his imagination, he will become more and more like real poo mm. and less and less realistic poo. I think that would be cool. The only thing that puzzled me when I looked at the cast listing though is that like everyone except for Jim Cummings is like a celebrity voice for a character in the film Um, but like so like they have um, I think it's Craig Ferguson or something somebody somebody's playing Tigger that's not like a normal voice for Tigger which kind of it it intrigued me like I guess that's how you sell this but I mean you don't have to really sell the star sometimes they're just right for the part that's that's I wouldn't say Craig Ferguson is known for her voice work. No, that's that's fair. I no, just, I, well, I think his point is that you know, in my opinion, voice work is better done by voice actors yeah. than people who have. No, I, but I will say Craig Ferguson is a bad one because he actually does great voice work. He's in the uh, Had Had Train Your Dragon movies. Th- that's true. Um, like he does have a background of it. Oh no, I understand that, but it's not like putting Chris Rock in like the right. voice or something. Yeah, this isn't this isn't Shark Tale. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, like, d- like d- don't don't belittle Shark Tale too much. Martin Scorsese plays a blowfish, and it's awesome. Yeah, I'm belittling it. I'm, I'm about much. to belittle it even more. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean, because the ones that are here, are like Peter Capaldi is rabbit. <laughs> like as as famous as Peter Capaldi is, he's only Peter Capaldi famous. I just like it, they they all sounded familiar, but not yeah. in the voice world. So, but yeah. I don't know. Like like I said, I don't know. I like that it's Mark Forrester doing it though, because I love Finding Neverland. So I think he'll do a great job. It's with all it. right. Slow moving. Cool. I hope yeah. this one's a little more whimsical. <laughs> oh, it's just it's gonna be beautiful. Like it, it, so it, it only takes two seconds to break your fucking heart, man. It's a great trailer. Yeah. And can't go bother. And little Anyway, uh, that's all the news I got. Unless I missed something. No, nope. that was it. Oh, cool. This is a big week to get movies on Blu-ray. It's so good. <laughs> and I, like this month, everything from December is just dumping. Yeah. Yep. It's good. It's exciting. Here's some Blu-rays. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Shape of Water is out on 4K, so you can get the uh, Best Picture winner. Yeah. Um, they clearly... Fish fucking. Should have just waited a couple <laughs> weeks longer so they could get those Oscar stickers on there. Um, oh, I'm sure they're already on there. Uh, they might be, yeah. <laughs> There's someone in a warehouse right now just like... <laughs> yes. Someone in Taiwan. Fuck. <laughs> uh, you can get Justice League on 4K or not. Uh, I am coming. You, I am. <laughs> you can get uh, the Disaster Artist this week. Um, so oh, hi! I get that one too. Oh, hi! Uh, you can get Itania this week. Nice. I'll die too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can get Call Me by Your Name, Brad. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, Call Me by Your Name is that on Blue? That sounds right like something well? we need to ask Henry about because it's one of those like. I think he did really. Review it. He, he did. He did review it. Yeah. He really did. arty yeah. movies that 
<laughs> we never take the, time the, for on this podcast. One of the songs right. got nominated for an Oscar and they performed it live and it sounded really cool. So cool. and nothing else I want to get the soundtrack. All yeah. I know is the kid cries through the credits. That's what I heard. <laughs> and it's funny oh. to me. And then I heard there's something with a peach, but that's but no one's describing it yet. So Ferdinand. Children's favorite Ferdinand. Oscar nominated Ferdinand. Uh, is that on John 4K Cena. this week? <laughs> I no, he doesn't, buddy. Play with the cards you have. Oh, I, uh, yeah, you're good. Uh, and then uh, last big thing for this week <laughs> uh, is Kickboxer Retaliation. Is that on Blu-ray this week from WellGo USA Publishing? I'll wait for the trilogy set, <laughs> <laughs> so I get the complete experience. Definitive edition with a letter of introduction by John Claude Van Damme. Oh my goodness, that was that was a good answer. Uh, all right, uh, Dario Argento's Suspiria is getting a Blu-ray release this week. So you can check That's that. already happened. Out. But, uh, it's yeah. a steelbook. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, okay. Ooh, even better. Oh, yeah, it doesn't look like one here, but okay. Uh, Criterion is putting out The Age of Innocence, uh, so it, if you want to check that out. Yeah. Daniel Lewis and Martin Scorsese. There is, I'm pretty sure, oh, no, no, that's right, this is a Shout Factory release. Uh, so, uh, well, Shout Select is putting out Downfall, uh, which is pretty cool. Nice. So if you've never seen... Hitler yell at people for two hours and then die. Nine. Um, you should do. You should do that. <laughs> See, that's how you do a joke. <laughs> I never said I was the master. Uh, I know I am. The Lion in Winter is out on Blu-ray this week, um, which sounds like from what we were discussing is the first time. Yeah, I would. I would guess. I mean, you know, how many times is Peter O'Toole getting Blu-ray releases? I don't know. Should be all the time. Anyway, uh, a trip to the moon uh, comes out a the lot. George on Mellier has to be in like public domain. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, it's like the original colorized version. So, um, Fear of the Walking Dead, the complete third, third season, is out this week, so you can get that if you've been watching that. Uh, the Handmaid's Tale, the first season, which I might pick up because I don't care about Hulu. My wife but loves I hear that. amazing things, so I might check it out. You like it? I don't know. My oh, wife likes it. it. You can ask her. Eh. I could. <laughs> <laughs> this week from Arrow is George A. Romero's The Crazies. Nice. Uh, which has got a pretty good cover where twins stare oh, at a gas mask. So that means they're splitting up that. Yeah. So uh, Arrow, I think I mentioned this before on the podcast. Arrow will release things in a set and then they'll release them separately, but it won't have all the special features. Oh, is that when this one is? Yeah. So sure. does that mean that they all like did they earlier always release vanilla, Season of the Witch? Yeah. Okay, because they're also putting out Season of the Witch this week, also from George A. Romero, uh, where a woman stays dry in the rain. I just want whoever owns Martin to die so that that goes into public domain. I think eventually it will be, hopefully. Uh, I want to watch a good copy of Martin. To be fair, this cover is a angry woman stays dry in the rain. Um, (laughs) Uh, His stuff, uh, so Season of the Witch, there's always Vanilla and the Crazies. Crazies will be most closely... Horror related, yeah, and people recognize it more. Uh, there's always vanilla is kind of weird, and the season of the witch is I think is actually pretty good, but um, you can definitely tell that he was finding his way because it's basically he made Nine Living Dead in these three movies. Uh, uh, season of the witch gets discussed a lot in feminism classes, yeah. which is interesting. Hmm. Cool. Uh, and then the very last thing from Shout Factory this week is the ambulance. <gasps> Ooh. You'll be in perfect health before you die. 
No. Uh, this is a movie where a ambulance drives down the street no. with a scary hand sticking out of the front. What has to happen is they let's say they get some dude or woman on in the back of the ambulance, and she's like, "Wait a minute, aren't you taking me to the hospital?" And then the dude in the driver's seat like turns around and looks at her. He's like, "No, I'm taking you to hell." Oh, that's good. <laughs> yes. Oh man. <sighs> oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Don't the, tell your dad. The that. Test results came back. Spider Man's greatest superhero ever. See, that's what he really said. <laughs> Spider Man's a super Weber. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is a super Weber. He is. It works in so many ways. Um, Josh Baker meets a very special woman, Cheryl, in the streets of New York. Suddenly, she collapses, and she's picked up by an ambulance. When she's Josh overcome wants, by his hotness. <laughs> when Josh wants to visit her in the hospital, it appears she hasn't been admitted in the hospital. What? <laughs> Josh follows the roommate of Cheryl, who probably has her own name other than just the roommate of Cheryl, and disappears That'd after awesome a ride in the same ambulance. <laughs> oh. So that's the whole movie is just one woman disappears and then another. <laughs> James Earl Jones, everybody. I just... Like, I just realized when I did the, it was, have you ever seen the Californians on Saturday Night Live? Yeah. It's so stupid. Yeah. It's like, they make fun of the soap operas. Oh, and yeah, yeah, is yeah. It I have seen that. Yeah. is the guy who's like, Devin, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. I saw that one back when uh, uh, Brad, um, oh gosh, from Alias and Wedding Crashers. and Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper was on it and did one of those. <laughs> that was the, That's the only one I've ever seen. That was good. What are you doing here? <laughs> uh, man. It's so stupid. It's funny. It's, you know, my wife watches Saturday Night Live every week, and half the about three quarters of Saturday Night Live, I'm like, this is stupid. This is stupid. This is stupid. And then there's that one skit. Like, yeah. This is pretty good. And then you realize if you watch enough Saturday Night Live, they're pretty much all like that. Yeah. Where a lot of the skits are pretty much throwaways, and then there's one or two that are pretty point. So That's why you try to write comedy week after week yeah from scratch that's why if you go back and watch old snl you just watch the specials like mm. the ones where they you know the best of gilda ratner or the because those are hilarious yeah um anyway cool that's all the blu-rays this week nice we watch movies throughout the week and tell you the listeners about them in a segment we call what we've been watching so uh yeah this is the stuff we've been watching does Jumanji James? Welcome to the Jungle take place in Wakanda? Because <laughs> yes. the, the the background has a giant panther statue thing in it. Uh, I didn't really watch anything this week. I Every time I have some time to watch something, I just end up watching more Voyager, uh, which is pretty good. We were talking about it before the podcast. Uh, I'm enjoying it, uh, except I'm finding that not only is Kess uh, a reason to not watch that episode, uh, but also uh, Chakotay. Pretty much any episode about how Chakotay is talking to, like, a spirit animal ends up not being a very good episode. Um, but whatever. Uh, unless unless it's a Chakotay disappears for an episode and then it ends up, like, he saves the day but he's not around. Like, he was a ghost the whole time. Like, that's okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Voyager. Still a thing. Not watching anything else, though. So, Brad? Oh. You're going to let James do your job for you? He can. All right. Whatever. He's not good at it, but he can do it. I'm not good at throwing to someone else. Nope. It takes talent like this. Why? Let me try. Cool, James. Brad? 
See, see that? That was a pro. This is dog shit. <laughs> so uh, the Dark Crystal came out on 4K last week, mm-hmm. and I elected to just get the Blu-ray because it was wait. in a cool book-style digipack. No. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh when he does stupid Yeah, I, the, the Labyrinth was the same way. Mm. Yeah, can you believe that Steelbook is like $120 on eBay now? Is it what? Really? I remember it was 10 bucks, and I should have just got it then. So, Oh, my goodness. Because I couldn't get the 4K Steelbook of Labyrinth, I just stuck with the Blu-ray editions of both those movies. Um, and they're great still. Like, um, I don't remember the Dark Crystal as much as Labyrinth, because my wife loved Labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah, the, I, I like the Dark Crystal no. over Labyrinth mostly. Uh uh, the, the more fascinating stuff was watching the documentaries that are on the disc. Oh yeah, like the puppetry in them are pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brian Henson talking about um, you know his dad's work and everything, and it's pretty extensive. I think it's like I don't know two hours worth of stuff on each disc. Mm. It was really, really cool to watch. And then yeah, the movies look great, uh, even though it's not 4K. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that's all I got for that. Cool. Um, and then I've been keeping up with uh, the 1980s Turtles cartoon show. I forgot to mention last week that there was this episode where there's like a cable news pundit who uh, is like speaking out like that, that the turtles are like terrorists and they, um, you know, the criminals and uh, basically you know, demonizing them, mm. and the turtles have to prove that like they're not the ones responsible for what's going on. And I was just like, wow, this is like 1989, and isn't that also the plot of the second Michael Bay film, where Krang comes from Dimension X and tries? Well, to... not that part, but <laughs> isn't there a whole thing in in that mo- <clears throat> that movie where they gotta like prove that they're good guys? Yeah, I guess, yeah, because the cops think they're... Yeah, yeah. a lot like, like Spider-Man. They're, they're vigilantes. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's far back, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, it's that was a weird how things... Sensationalist change, you know? pundit is, yeah, in a kid's show like mm-hmm. this. And then, to, and then uh, actually today, I think volume four, there's an episode where they're introducing one of the sewer uh, tubes that be- it became a toy. It's like an inner tube oh. with like uh, plunger guns on it. Plunger so, guns. So Donnie's introducing Michelangelo to the this inner tube with the plunger guns, and they see a frog like in like in the distance in the sewer. So uh, Donatello is going like shoots the plunger at the frog, and the frog takes off. Like it hooks onto the frog, and the frog takes. It's the frog is strong enough to pull two tur- Ninja Turtles <laughs> with it. But then Michelangelo makes a crack of um, man, this is a, this is a good argument for suction gun control. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh man, gun control. So jokes. many current things happening in this twenty-five-year-old show. Wow. Um, oh yeah, it's like a it's like a Gatling gun of suction things at the front. Yeah. That's yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm looking up old Ninja Turtles toys now. <laughs> yeah. It's a cool. You'll get one for Christmas. Sweet. I actually have that one. Shit. Actually, like I uh, I looked up my collection to see like what else I needed. I actually don't need a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I've got over 101 like individual. Oh my goodness. Different figures. Do you have the helicopter with the snakes for propellers? I had that as a kid. Yeah. And the, in the boxing glove. Yeah. And the yeah, boxing glove. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I had that when I was a kid. Um, I don't still have it. And then the last thing I watched was a uh, killing Gunther. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I've seen that. Wait, yeah. I forgot to mention it a while ago. 
Which one is killing Gunther? Is it about Gunther? The, the musical artist? No. Uh, Taron Killam from Saturday Night Live. I it's, don't think he's funny at all. It's like this mockumentary of these international assassins. They form a team because they want to kill Gunther, who's like, I think, making him look bad. Yeah. Because uh, he's such a... Like, Gunther's like the world-renowned pro at uh, being an assassin. So he decides to make a documentary, and he, they're making the documentary to prove that they are going to be the ones that killed him so they can get all the credit for it. Um, Maybe. For the most part, like, leading up to the end, it's kind of, meh. There's these scenarios to get into that are kind of funny, but when Arnold Schwarzenegger's on the cover art, yeah. and you have to wait, you know, an hour and a half for him to show up, oh. but when he does, it's great. And yeah, then the, he's the, great in it. The twist is pretty good, too, and... The final thing where like he's at his own funeral, he's disguised, and he looks at the camera. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Like, I, it's hard for me because I'm not a fan of Terry and Killian at all. I think he's not funny because my wife watches Saturday Night Live, and he's always the obnoxious character in it. And I never think he's funny, and I don't think he's good enough for Kobe Smolders. And so I like <laughs> it really bothers me. And uh, but the, the movie is okay. You're right until then when Schwarzenegger shows up. It's awesome. Yeah. And it kind of makes you forget about you slogged through like an hour and 30 minutes of whatever. Yeah, the other hour and 30 minutes is like um, you, you get the sense that Taron Kelm's character is only out to do this because Gunther has also stolen his girlfriend. Yeah. And so it's not it's, you find out it's not really about trying to just take out Gunther. It's trying to get her back. Um, and, you, you, you know, you, you kind of just see how like a, a broken down character he is. And mm-hmm. along the way, all of his buddies get killed. <laughs> Yeah, because of it, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's. I think it's worth. See, I think once you get to Schwarzenegger, it. yeah, I, I streamed it. I, I think on yeah. Amazon or is it on Netflix? On Netflix is okay. where I watched it, but uh, yeah, it's it's worth watching. Just fast forward to the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, this guy. He's married to Kobe Smulders. Yeah, he's not funny at all. I know. That's oh, his real life wife. Yeah. Oh man. Wow. Oh, good for him. He, well, must maybe be, he, he must be a nice guy. He must be a nice, intelligent guy. Because he ain't funny. I know. He drives me crazy on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. He, I, 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 if you'd asked me, I would have said he was on Mad TV. Because he seems like that. Yeah. He's like that level of like on the nose. Look how wacky my face is. Zach, what'd you watch? Um, not a lot. Oh, you're um, going to just let him do this shit? No, no. Brr, 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 wait, wait. Let, let me do it like a pro. Ah, that's great. Brad, great stuff you watched this week. Zach, do you watch anything? Yeah, I watched. <laughs> I watched a couple things. Um, I. Uh, I a too. You did? No way. <laughs> Kellen, what did you oh, watch this no. week? <laughs> did you watch Scooby Doo? Yeah. What Scooby Doo did you watch? With the vampire. Yeah, what did Scooby Doo? Vampires. What did Scooby say? I'm on the wind scooped. Ooh. You know, it's not really a vampire, right? He's just uh, wearing a I'll, mask. I'll translate that for <laughs> yeah, you. It's an old, old man down the wait, street. Fred, <laughs> so <laughs> let me let me make this really good. what Kellen is trying to say. Like zoink scoops. Oh. <laughs> Can you say like zoink scoops? I'm on the wind scoops. <laughs> <laughs> so he that's lo- pretty good. He, he loves Scooby Doo. Good job, and that's what he's been watching. Cool. You watched one with the Phantom too, huh? How big was the pizza that Shaggy and Scooby got? What? What kind of? What kind of pizza did they get? A big pizza, and they get it on the table. 
they had to get another table. It was so good. Oh, my goodness. Wow, that's fascinating, Kellen. Yeah. Zach, what'd you watch? <laughs> that I, was a good segue. You know what? I watched you demystify Scooby-Doo for a two-year-old child. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Go fuck yourself. Fuck yourself, you rat. No, no, come, come. Wait, slow down. Say, go. Go. Fuck. <laughs> yourself. Yourself. Brad. <laughs> Weird. Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. It's funny. <laughs> Scooby Doo is funny. He's like, I'm dead. I'm tired of this joke. Scooby Doo is funny. You asshole. My mom <laughs> is <laughs> is calling child protection <laughs> services. Asshole. <laughs> Zach, what'd you watch? So oh, that hurt my feelings. So, not, not a bunch, but um, a couple things. Um, I got the Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie uh, Shout Factory release cool. on Blu-ray, so I dissected that. Um, there's some cool docs on there and some deleted scenes that I had never seen before. Um, the docs, um, one's an actual EPK from when they made the film, um, and it's like five minutes. But the other one's 30 minutes, and it's... It's Mike. It's Mike Nelson and Kevin Murphy and um, Jim Mallon pretty much bitching about how the studio interfered, which is good because you know the studio interfered and screwed around with a good with a good thing. No, Bill Corbett. Well, because he was he was not a primary part of the movie at that time. Hmm. Like it was right after the movie is when they leave. They have their one season of Comedy Central and then they leave and go to Sci-Fi. So. Um, at that time, Trace Bailey was still with the crew playing yeah. um, Crow and Doctor Forrester. But anyway, um, there's also an actual like 30 minute documentary on the making of This Island Earth, and not like and not even Mr. Oh, Science Theater 3000. Just as a documentary about yeah, oh. <laughs> which is it's it's pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, some people think This Island Earth is a classic sci-fi movie. Yeah. That no. Mystery Science 3000 lampooned it. Their people were upset about it. Yeah, Joe Dante. Joe Dante's on the doc. He talks about it. It's pretty interesting. Um, huh. uh, the deleted scenes are good, though. There's one that uh, involves uh, them in the bowel of the ship's basement and uh, um, Crow, uh, not Crow, uh, Tom Servo, much like R2-D2 in uh, the, the prequels, discovers powers he never knew he had and flies across the room to save Mike Nelson from being sucked out of the ship. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Um, but so, yeah, so within that, I also watched a couple of MST3Ks while I was cleaning up the house, and uh, there's um, there's a great one with on First Spaceship to Venus where they're looking through these cave dwellings in um, the Venus, uh, on the planet Venus, and um, one of the comments was, ooh, look, it's Trump Tower. <laughs> or no, Trump Casino. Sorry, mm-hmm. Trump Casino. So maybe give a little chuckle like, that's that joke's still relevant. <laughs> um, so, uh, and um, I watched The Treasure of the Sierra Madre again. Because oh, cool. um, uh, I hadn't watched it on the Blu-ray, and it looks amazing um, when on the Blu-ray. It, yeah. It's fucking incredible. Um, I... I like a lot of John Huston films. I think that probably is the best film he ever made. Um, even though I prefer stuff like uh, Maltese Falcon and um, uh, Blackboard Jungle and stuff, stuff like that. So yeah. Um, but um, anyway, uh, and then I uh, also managed to watch a little bit more Star Trek. I'm in the third season now, and it's cool. It's so it's it's good. It's it's definitely not the second season, which had all these great episodes, and then 
get to season three and it's they're still entertaining. It's just it's yeah. Um, and then I saw a documentary called Best Enemies, Best of Enemies, which is about the debate that Gore Vidal and William F. Buckley had on national television on ABC during the 1968 election, and it was pretty interesting because I, I I knew Gore Vidal primarily through like seeing his name on books in bookstores, mm. so I really was not aware of his. Uh, the, that he was a screenwriter in Hollywood at one point. Like they, he, he worked on a bunch of different stuff, and I didn't really know much about Buckley at all because I'm not like in that in that camp and whatnot. But it was interesting to see how much those two truly hated each other by the end of it because Bu- Buckley kind of digs his own grave during those debates because he basically like he loses his shit because Gorbidal gets in his head. Mm. Um, and it's, it's interesting. Like it's, yeah, it's, 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 I, I firmly believe like it's, it's one of those documentaries where I'm like, I really don't like anybody here. <laughs> and all I just see is the birth of Fox news and MSNBC. And it's like this divisive politics nonsense. And it just yeah. makes me sad. Um, so, so I watched that and then, um, I'm going to actually say, I saw something with our host here. So we can segue. That's right. Um, we That's s- a great segue. Oh, thank you. Um, you guys should take some notes. His nope. ass. Fucker. <laughs> um, we saw The Strangers Pray at Night. Yeah, it's uh, the second in The Strangers series by Brian Bertino. Bertino. Yeah. And uh, he didn't direct this. He wrote and produced it. It's directed by the great something who directed 47 meters down which is one of james's most favorite films oh oh you know it's funny right before this i forgot to read this i got this text from henry uh which i should read here give me one moment it's it's relevant uh he just texted me and said i know you're about to start recording uh but i want to let you know that i watched 47 meters down today and it is one of the worst films I have ever seen. Easily the worst film of 2017. I'm honestly kind of disappointed that it was only your second worst film of 2017. So much so that I will be watching Life tonight to see how bad it could possibly be. Hmm. So, everybody stay tuned. Uh, by hopefully next week, Henry will give us a list of his bottom two films. <laughs> um, it'll be those two. We just have to find out which order they'll be in. Mm -hmm. Uh, The director of this film, though, he did a really great job. They kind of made the aesthetic of an 80s slasher film. There's lots of grain on the screen, Mm -hmm. lots of fog. Uh, The DP did lots of shadows. Uh, Yeah, he... I'd be amazed to know how much lights were actually on that set. Yeah, (laughs) because it's... And the Strangers franchise really focuses on, like, minimalist. It's... What mood and atmosphere? Mood and atmosphere, and then slowly terrorizing it's, it's people. It's basically just like, what if some strangers broke into yeah, your just, house and held you ho- hostage yeah, and killed much. you? Uh, this one, it's a family. They're going. They're taking the, Christina Hendricks and the dude from. Where do we find out he was from? <laughs> oh God, I can't remember now. <laughs> um, shit, I can't remember. Oh, I'll have to look him he's up. a he's handsome devil. Noah, he was Noah in something. Oh, he was in uh, the Ring. The so, Ring, yeah. So he's the, Noah in the Ring. So the dude who dies at the end of the Ring. Um, Spoilers. He, he he's a handsome devil, but anyway. So Christina Hendricks is in it, and uh, Mar- uh, Martin there, Henderson. Yep. Yeah. There he is. Or as I was calling him after the film, sexy John Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so they they're taking their daughter to boarding school, and they decide to stop like, halfway there at their uncle's lake resort, yeah. and everyone's gone for the year. Their trailer park <laughs> resort. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it turns out that the strangers are already there and killed 
their aunt and uncle, and then they start terrorizing the family. Oh my. Um, and, you know, this movie's I, I, for a slasher film, it's really well done. I had a lot of fun at this film. Yeah. The the way they made it, so the dude who wears the bag over his head, every time he shows up, some 80s song plays while he kills people. Is he playing it, or is it just the like, movie's playing No, it's in his car. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's all, like, sourced, so, like, it's not just coming out of thin air. Like, yeah. it's coming from a, That's my point. From a source. Yeah. Um, Good job, buddy. But yeah, he does that. It, it's it's. I found it interesting because when you watch the first one, the first one, it's a pretty short film. Yeah. And the whole point of it is that there is no explanation for why these people are doing these things, and they keep that premise for the second one. Yeah. But then they give you they. There's only really one form of satisfaction they could possibly give you in this franchise, and without spoiling it, like you get to see a lot of things happen that you wish would happen because like the thing about the strangers franchise is the victims are people you actually care about. Yeah. Like, there's actually reasons to care about them. Oh, I think, and I think that's, what's cool about this film is it, it much like the first film is there's a center central conflict and it makes the people more real. Like in the first one, Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman have a falling out that is slowly revealed throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one too is the same thing. So their daughter is messing up in school. They're sending her to boarding school. And you can tell the family love each other. They're not, you know, a family that the mom and dad cheat on each other. And It's not like the story of like, I don't know, oh, they're having a hard time and almost getting murdered or some of them getting murdered really brings them back together. No. 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 It's like, <laughs> Everything is great. I hope these people don't die. Uh, yeah, because in fact, the t- I mean, only five people die in this movie. Mm-hmm. Two you see off camera and then, of course, a stupid cop gets killed. But... Uh, the, the with, <laughs> uh, when, that took me a second. When the I found your role two, in your Friday the Thirteenth remake. Yeah, stupid right. cap. <laughs> uh, the two family members that die, it's pretty brutal. In the like, so I won't really explain how he. One of the guy died. The dad oh, dies. I just found a picture of the stupid cop. Anyone who wears one of those stupid cop hats is definitely a stupid cop. <laughs> yes. If you ever in a horror movie wear that brimmed like ranger hat, you're dead. Yeah. So uh, I'll spoil one death. The dad, they he crashes his minivan when they're trying to get away. Because uh, I think the truck blindsides him or something like no, that. No, remember the, the baghead dude throws like a brick at him or oh, something. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then they spin. Yeah. Yeah. So the dad can't get out because he got like stabbed by a piece of wood. And then the stranger dude like goes around and gets into the car. And looks at the dad and turns on the radio for an 80s song and he pulls out an ice pick and he like slowly turns at him and like slowly jams it into his throat and then pull it's like really and it's uh, it's gnarly yeah like it's it's uncomfortable too yeah um uh, and the 80s aesthetic going back to that like it's very easy when you're trying to do that to just like shove in the bad stuff that you would get out of an 80s film instead they seem to put in the things that make an 80s film good Whereas they kind of utilize the atmosphere around them and the songs are kind of like secondary. Yeah. And it's, you know, I I think this director, I'd give him a Friday the 13th. I mean, he has some shots in there that are so cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, My favorite is when the girl's running away from one of the strangers, she's in focus and the the fence she runs up to is in focus. And in the background, there's this blurry white object like slowly moving. And then he uh, focuses the background and it's the the chick stalking her, and it mm. looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Cool, um, and it he does a really good job with lighting and building suspense. Yeah, and I know that this is probably like the obvious thing to love about this film, but there's 
a moment where there's a standoff in a uh, in the pool of the uh, trailer park that just looks incredible, oh, yeah. and like and it's used some underwater photography in a way that like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have like I wouldn't have thought to do it that way, and the way they kind of move in and out with the music, it's pretty incredible. Like it's there's a there's a shot of it in the poster um, of the baghead guy going yeah. after one of them. It's it's really incredible. Um, I would say. I like this film as much as The Strangers, the Me first too. one. I don't. I have a hard time trying to put one above the other. If if I put the first one above the other, above the second one, it's only because it feels more seventies to me, which has always yeah. been kind of my bag. I think the only thing that I like about the first Strangers more, and this is like just a little, yeah. um, is there's really no um, over the topness. Where this one, the end is kind of like going into that slasher movie. Yeah. Um, I won't spoil what happens, but yeah. it goes into like the extreme slasher movie villain guy. Yeah. Uh, which, but it's still fun, you know. Which, which, and then, the, and the ending, the very end, the like the last thing in the movie is is done in such a way that it can play with the paranoia that is set up. Like, I don't need another Strangers movie. Like, you could end it right there, and you could play on the same paranoia and the same fears that you had in that first one, but driven in another direction and you know the ending too is kind of an homage to uh, texas chainsaw massacre so yeah yeah um yeah. and um but uh, the one thing i did note is mama stranger she don't do shit she, mm. she does nothing she, no. she scared she scared her one time yeah you know i was and actually then goes out like just like i'm sorry like i don't remember her doing much in the no. first one either no you know actually i was i was thinking in my head i said it'd be really cool if the twist this isn't in the movie, is that the daughter was like the baby killer. Like she was the other stranger and she yeah. set up her family. I thought that would be kind of cool, but um, I was wrong. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Oh, because are they the same yeah, killers just, as in the first movie? The, the, I'm guessing so. They're they're set or up as they're, the same. They're designed to look the yeah. same. Yeah, because they're... Oh, oh well, yeah, they, they also oh, They okay. also drive the same truck. Yeah, sure. And they, like... Again, like, the, the, the whole point of this franchise is the idea of, like, the... the, the the killer that doesn't really have a backstory per se. Right. Yeah. It's just a sort um, of mindless. It's, it, like the bloody disgusting did a really good article about the pointless violence of strangers as a, as a positive mm. being like, because you were home, that's their reason for doing this because you were home. And in this, in this one, it's why not, yeah. you know, like it's just, yeah, these are just terrible shitty people. Okay. One last, one last very important question. I just saw that the first movie had Scott Speedman in it. Does this yes. movie have Scott Speedman in it? No, no, I man. I don't want to see it. Is Scott Speedman still alive? I don't know because he's only CGI in the Underworld movies now. <laughs> they've, completed him, they've replaced him with computers. Yes. Uh, I what only if watched... he is a computer? Oh, oh, <laughs> hold on. I just also have to point out, look at this adorable IMDb photo of Scott Speedman. Don't you just yes. want to put him in your movies? Yes. Like, uh, he's just he, great. He, he is a nice man. Oh, man. Scott Speedman. Look at that He's smile. trying to see something from far away. Gosh. <laughs> he's like a better James Vanderbeek. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we just lost our Canadian audience. Uh, James Vanderbeek. Hey, for all I know, Scott's and our Dawson Creek fans. Yes. <laughs> oh uh, no, he's from London. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, I watched uh, Solo Dos Amigos and Three Caballeros. It's a Disney Movie Club exclusive Blu-ray, and they cleaned it up a lot, and it looks great. Uh, the movies are really fun. Um, you know, you forget how much you love Panchito Pistoles and uh, Donald Duck together. It's some fun things, and it's. You know, it does celebrate their culture. I mean, it, you know, as archaic as it might seem from 75 years later, but they do. The colors are great, uh, and they focus on the food and the music, and 
travel log basically with cartoon characters mm-hmm. uh, so if you want to join the disney fan club you can get that on blu-ray uh i also watched thor ragnarok on 4k oh. and it, it's awesome so the so already the movie looks great and then is when the, you put it go ahead sorry is the menu like 20 times louder than the movie for you because <laughs> it is for me <laughs> no oh that's i guess i didn't notice maybe I, I put it in, and like the menus, like the the, the menu music just blasts, and then I like hit play, and I have to like raise the volume on the movie. To, yeah, oh. yeah, I, yeah. I was gonna say like the audio is great because it has seven point one, and I think it also has Dolby Atmos too. I think you choose which one you want, wow. and the just the music where it's doom, 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 mm-hmm. and when he's coming out and he does the thing with the helmet, I'm like, oh, this is so fucking cool. Yeah, and yeah, the movie is awesome. And it looks amazing. You watch the Team Daryl. Yeah, <laughs> Team Daryl's great. Uh, you know, when they used to do, like, Marvel one-shots, basically that's what it is, but oh, it's funny. Oh, yeah, man, they should do those again. Yeah, uh, so that's exclusive to... Well, I think you can watch it online now, but it's exclusive to the Blu-ray. It's, so it's basically the sequel to what Thor's been up to when, during Civil War. Oh, yeah. So it's Daryl. But, like, he has to deal with Jeff Goldblum yeah, the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the and, you know, if you got the... The Steelbook's awesome. It's Thor. Uh, it's basically the poster where he's like red sand. And it looks awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and then Hela. Man, I don't know. I have the hugest crush on Kate Blanchett in that movie. She's Maybe because she's kind of scary. But yeah. love it. That movie's awesome. <laughs> Maybe because she. Your favorite. Your favorite. Um, uh, oh, shoot. I was going to make a uh, Lord of the Rings joke, but the, I can't remember her name. You you like her best in that movie when she gets all hellish and is like, no, actually, I'm like gonna her. take the ring and be the like you know. Worse. No, because that CGI looks bad. Yeah, it does. I like it more when she just looks like an elf. Because you the, like it more when she's just in like skin tight black leather. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let's just and, be and riding about a wolf. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh man, dude, I want to go watch. And that, that part where the Hulk kills himself is still so funny. Uh, you want to know what I can do? Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> It's good stuff. Uh, yeah. And the last thing I watched this week oh, is I sorry. Re- uh, did you listen to the commentary? Oh, uh, no, I haven't yet. It is the funniest commentary. Is it? Taika Waititi sometimes watches it as though it's the first time he's watching the movie. <laughs> and he'll describe like, oh, cool, there's a wolf on screen or something like that. <laughs> um, oh, that's And he'll make up facts about the movie. That's um, awesome. And there's a, I think it's like two-year-old. Like at one point he has to go to the bathroom, so he just lets his two-year-old talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Definitely That's listen awesome. to that. Yeah, oh, I might do that tonight. Um, and last thing I watched this week is I rewatched Casablanca. I haven't seen it in years, mm-hmm. but watching it again, you realize how many like great lines come from that movie. Yeah, and and how much better like Humphrey Bogart is at saying them than you could ever be. Mm-hmm. You know that here's looking at you, kid is delivered so well yeah but everybody else way overdoes it and he doesn't in the film uh it's just a romantic movie and he doesn't like nazis i don't like nazis oh yeah it's and, hard to beat yeah people seem to forget it's not a love story of any kind it's a story about humphrey bogart learning to kill nazis like that's what the movie's about yeah this love story it's, yeah. it's kind of there yeah he's he's, he's <laughs> like I, he's like he's like indiana jones if indiana jones Really, just like to drink and love women. Yeah, that, and you know the the scene. Uh, That's a great way to describe Rick Blaine. <laughs> yeah, when he's sitting in the cafe after everyone's left, and he's you know play it for me one more time is shot so well. It's so well played. It's yeah. not a notable line where he's like, "Boss, ain't you gonna go to bed? No, you ain't gonna go bed li- later on. No, you ain't gonna b- go to bed in the near future. No." Yeah. <laughs> 
and he just wants him to play time after time. Um, As time goes by. Time goes by. <laughs> Sorry. There we go. Um, time after. That'd be time weird. They play time, time after time, time in Castlevania. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, not the it. not the Cindy Lauper version. Come on, guys. <laughs> I'll re-edit what, it. The, the Goonies show up, and <laughs> there is uh, a Great American Songbook version of that song. Um, no, it's 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 a great movie. I, yep. I, uh, obviously, I love it. Yeah, it's um, one of the greatest movies ever. I, I I love the character of Louis a lot. Like it, like it's weird. He might be my favorite character in the movie because he has an, a weird redemptive arc. Like where are you. You don't think he's ultimately a bad person. He's just kind of a skis ball, and then his skis balliness kind of goes away when he makes the decision to say round up the usual suspects, um, and then that great last yeah. thing that they do at the end of the movie where they say, yeah, they don't spoil gonna, a seventy five year old movie. Okay? <laughs> Spoiler, guys, they're going to go to Marseille's. Um, uh, to Bra- oh, they're going to go to Free French Garrison up in Brazzaville. Are going to get on that plane? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I like the Family Guy's version. Asablanca. Listen to me, Elsa. If I take this thing out and you're not on it, you'll regret it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw <laughs> Hurricane Heist. That was good. Zach, should people see Hurricane Heist? I wouldn't the know because I saw The Greatest Showman instead. Oh. oh. Yeah. Hmm. Brad? You probably should have talked about it while you're talking about what you've been watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I would have just made fun of you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, This is definitely an awful movie. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. But it, it, it's so crazy that like I... Like I'm glad you guys because I I need to we need to discuss it how crazy it is, um, but yeah I mean, you definitely don't need to go to the theater and watch it you can rent it with your friends or wait for Netflix to get a hold of it because um, it is probably the worst thing I've seen this year. <laughs> James, I see more bad movies than you. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's um, no, you shouldn't go see it uh, unless. You watch the trailer and you're like, dude, I just have to know um, because it is pretty ridiculous. It is a movie that I mean, I'll say it this way. You should just keep listening to our review and not give a shit about the spoilers because that will just make it more fun anyway. Um, but no, I, I can't recommend. I even tried to get you guys to not see it. Um, That's kind of why I didn't go. Right. Because like this came up because I as a joke last week was like, oh, I have to go because I had to know what this movie was. But I didn't want to make you guys watch it. Uh, but I'm glad to hear, Brad, that you had at least <laughs> some fun. Um, so, no, no, no. You shouldn't. It's stupid as hell. But uh, if you're into those kind of movies like I am, then, you know, maybe check it out. But it's not It's not like Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, awesome. Not even close. It's definitely like, from a spectacle perspective, it's competently made. The, wor- the worst part of the script. like. I- oh, yeah. It, this is a movie that, like, proves it was a... This is a movie that, on its face, you go in because you're like, this is a terrible concept for a film. And then they very quickly give you some ideas and you go, oh, this is a great concept for a film. And then you watch them just make a bad film out of it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's bad, but it's pretty great. No, it's awful. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't even. There is literally a character in this movie named Breeze. Yeah. Yep. That's in this movie. I, yeah. I couldn't even get into it. Like everything was stupid. Well, I think he's named after Drew Brees. That's what I thought. I, I don't. Did, I, care. I didn't make that connection until I'm, you I'm said aware, it. I'm aware. I don't yeah. care. It's spelled B R E E Z E. But it's also a movie that doesn't understand football very well. I for, get it for a number of reasons. They also don't understand science or how <laughs> oh. hurricanes work. Yeah. Oh yeah. The hurricane. There's not a hurricane in this movie, by the way. There's just a big tornado. Um. Anyway. 
We'll get but to it. I no, don't go see this movie. You know, <laughs> I try to have fun in shitty movies, and I could not get into this movie at all. Yeah. Uh, here's a trailer for the Hurricane Heist. There's a hurricane coming. We gotta go. Agent Corbin reporting in. Six hundred million Buffalo. It's all here with about three hundred million of its cousins. It's your responsibility. I'm all right at babysitting old money. We're on lockdown due to the storm. Come on, man. Oh, boy. Turn around now. Do it. This is not good. No witnesses. Get in! What the hell was that about? The treasury's being robbed. Where is she? They need me. I'm the only one with the code. We gotta go get my brother. I need your help. Let's go save the world. What in the hell? Well, I am a citizen of Alabama. Yeah! We're about to be crushed by the biggest storm of the century. Look out! I knew today was going to be... Let's load up. This is going to be harsh! What? Here comes the harsh part. Here goes nothing. You better hope not. Let's get the money. That thing wants to swallow us whole. Hell of a day, ain't it? Hell of a day. By pure entertainment. Uh, uh no, no, entertainment studios, oh, entertainment pictures, studios, films right. for theaters. Yeah, that's right. Um, so the first thing is the one logo is like low resolution <laughs> on oh, the screen. Yeah. And then the first three minutes happen, and I already posted on the website the description of it. When the 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 skull came out of the clouds, <laughs> yeah, yeah, was like all right. Um, Especially after a really, really bad version of the first scene from Twister. Twister, that's all I could think like, about. It's I'm like, the same, like, oh, man, their dad gets killed, like in Twister. But the difference is that this one's ridiculous. And, like, you have these awful scenes where, hey, you have the, the dumb, like, they're driving in the car, and the dad has a line like, why don't you do something pra- uh, constructive, like practice your football moves? Yeah, study your playbook, son. Like What? <laughs> no, it's stupid. Uh, and then, okay, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not big on the football, but the only person in football who says Omaha is Peyton Manning. Yeah. So why is their move that they keep doing such Omaha 14-29? I don't like, know how that would a... work in football, really. Right. So <laughs> so the, the Omaha also, also, means yeah. on one. So, that's, so when Peyton Manning comes up, He'll say like, "85 Red Razor, 85 Red Razor, Omaha, set go." Like Omaha means we're going on one. Okay. Yeah, but so that's not a name of a play. No. Right. That that I I knew that, and I don't watch football. <laughs> and in football, I don't know what play where like two trucks surround, like two players surround another guy, <laughs> and then they and smash squeeze him. him <laughs> to make yeah, him that's stop. called that's called the squeeze. Yeah. Okay. It's called the squeeze, and then you get in front of that guy, and you just walk slowly and wait for like other players to, like grab him and th- throw him. And, and why for the end of the movie, the football thing from the beginning comes back. 
Why can't Maggie Grace be like cool in movies? I'm just saying. Okay, all right. Here's what I'm gonna fight you, because I a I think she's the best part of this movie. B she does the only purely badass thing in the movie. It's a move that I genuinely want Tom Cruise to do. The rock bottom. And it's a move that I have never seen anyone do in a movie before. There is a scene where uh, True Blood is driving up in his car <laughs> and he spins the car around and she and it's like a shitty Taurus or whatever because this movie had a budget of fifteen dollars. Um, and she runs over with a gun and she jumps into the car and to close the door, she just kicks the door as hard as she can and it bounces and slams the door shut. And it was the coolest fucking move. I've never seen anyone in an action movie do this before. It was like, I, I wanted Maggie Grace to get awards and a real career again. How old again. is Maggie Grace? Not old enough to be down and out. Like, well, cause she, she plays like back. moms and then she plays like young heroines. Yeah. So she's all over the place. I, I like her. I want a career for her. I think she does a good job in this movie. The only line, the only scene where I think she really sucks is the is the scene where she comes up with the idea for car bomb. I don't know, because car bomb. That doesn't go anywhere. You do car bomb. <laughs> you know, we just car bomb. So how do you change the path of a hurricane? Oh, car bomb. Okay, I'm just checking. Yeah, no, you just car bomb. That scene makes no freaking sense. This whole movie doesn't make sense. I like the part um, where they just sit around and talk about peanut butter and jelly. Oh, yeah, there's so many... Or the one where they just get out of the car and they go pee. Like, this is this is actually, like, a, a brilliant, almost, like... I wish this was a joke in The Last Action Hero where they're doing a crazy action scene like this or it's like it's this is the 24 joke where you're running around trying to save the world and then both heroes have to get out and go pee on something really quick because it's been a long day. Don't forget the mall where um, they're going to use the hurricane oh. suction to suck everyone out of the mall <laughs> roof. Oh my gosh. But there's a door open for the people to go in to get sucked out. So yeah. like, why is there suction at all? I don't why know. Why do they have to destroy $600 million? And True Blood gets away just fine anyway. Also, if that's the way, <laughs> A, I don't believe, okay, we should roll back. So the plot of this movie is uh, Maggie Grace pulls up to a small town where a hur- in Alabama where a hurricane's about to hit. And she's an FBI agent. She's with the ATF. She she is she protects she's with money. three trucks, <laughs> one of which just has a Gatling gun in the back for some reason. Uh, yeah. um, and those trucks are full of old money, like old bills that are being taken out of, of circulation. Set to be shredded. And apparently the way that the government gets rid of this stuff is they have a small shredder about the size of this dining room table that they shove pallets of of money through by by unbanding them and spreading them out on a conveyor belt <laughs> kind of like that scene in it's always sunny in philadelphia where they try to <laughs> chop the cats like it's about that size like like i don't know why they don't have it they're the government and they're throwing away all this money i think they can afford that giant um like shredding machine from 30 days a night yeah and just drop the whole pallet in there and then when the shredder breaks so the shredder's been hacked and Wait, so how do you shred- hack a, shred- a shredder? Uh, I don't know. The, they, they, uh, oh, no. They actually tell us. They put a Trojan in a wormhole, and they shoved it through a back door into, a, into another Trojan cell block hackerathon. The, all of the dialogue about so how they pull this off is Why the I keep worst. on asking these questions? Because I want you to explain to our listeners how fucking stupid this movie is. Oh, yeah, okay. So, so <laughs> there's, a, there. there's a tattooed dude and a lady in a dress, and they're hackers, and they've hacked the shredder and to turn it off. So now they get called in to fix the shredder. Um, and while they're there to fix the shredder, the guy who is uh, Maggie, I keep wanting to say Margot Robbie, uh, who is Maggie Grace's uh, like partner, uh, turns out he's a bad guy. And he's, he wants to retire, and so he wants to steal all of this money. So he turns, and some guys come in with some, with some um, uh, what are they, knockout blow dart things. 
right? They're what do you call those? Uh, tranquilizers. Tranquilizers. Yeah. So they shoot all the 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 army guys who are apparently all new and have never been trained how they to be in the army. They don't want to kill anybody. Yeah, they don't want to kill anybody. So they they trank. In, in one one army dude literally just gets shot in the back of the hand. Like there's a great shot while they're going over him, and they're all like knocked out and squirming, and he's just got a dart in the back of his hand. And I'm like, really? Like the army is this shitty? You can just shoot him in the back of the hand with a tranquilizer? And no no faith in our military. But whatever. Also, I'd um, like to point out that that guy is like their Hans Gruber. Yes, <laughs> he, but he's Scottish. He's yes. not. Um, so anyway, and they spend up a little time bit. explaining his Scottish backstory in the cab of the truck. So while <laughs> I right, know that about you, right before this all goes down, yeah. so the hurricane's coming in, and so the explanation, which though thin, is that they wanted to plan this during a hurricane so that the small town would be Empty. evacuated. And we find that out because the cop in town is also in on it. And so he called for an early evacuation, even when this was only of Category 2. And then our hero, who's one of the boys from the beginning, whose dad dies, who now drives around in a ridiculous tank, like a triple X movie kind of tank. Um, And he has a PhD in meteorology. And he has a PhD in meteorology. Um, So he is... Uh, he's like, no, it's gonna. This is gonna be the biggest storm you've ever seen. And but in like the shittiest southern accent you've ever heard. Um, and uh, so they they've now they've got the town empty. And but the generator is starting to die. Or no, the backup generator is starting to die. So Maggie Grace is like, oh, well, I'll lock the safe and I'll just hide my <laughs> my iPad that has all the answers on it over here in this in this trash bin. And then I'll run and get the dude who can fix the backup generator just in case the power goes down while there's a hurricane. So she goes into town, and it's the brother of the dude who thinks it's going to be the biggest storm in the whole world. And they've got a, a, a rough background um, where they don't talk because they are still pissed about one of them needing to get his kite before they evacuated, which is why the one dad died. Anyway, all of this is stupid. Um, so she goes to get them, uh, that guy, and then, like, while she's gone, they attack the thing, so she's not there, and they can't get into the safe, because she changed the codes, and they, she, and the, and the weatherman, and the fix-it dude, all have to break back into the thing, and that's the plot of this movie. Yep. You said, you said a lot of words. Yeah. I imagine that Rob Cohen and whoever wrote the script did the same thing, put it in a blender, and that's what you Rob Cohen is like Brett Ratner, but... The B level of Brett Ratner. Yeah, how can you be the B level? Because he's Brett a horrible Ratner. director. <laughs> so no, I know. I'm just <laughs> because at least Brett Ratner filters out some dumb shit. Um, this one, like that scene, <laughs> there there are moments where like they're almost they've almost got a kind of like I like the idea of a inside man kind of heist film where they are use it where where they're taking advantage of a hurricane or bad weather and then the bad weather causes problems for both our heroes and our villains. So you keep having these scenes that then things get sort of screwed up by crazy floods or whatever. Like to me, as I was watching, I was like, Oh, this is actually like a really cool take. Like this could be a really cool way to mix up like a Roland Emmerich type type film. Um, but then this is like, so not it. And every time there's a scene where that kind of thing happens, like, like there's the scene where they, they, uh, they suck the dudes out through the roof. Well, they tie themselves down with a rope that's clearly too long, and then they get sucked out the roof themselves and ragdoll out in the sky like a cartoon character. Yeah. And literally, we're Rafe and I are sitting in the theater alone, laughing and like 
unable to control ourselves as we go, are you fucking serious? Like, how is this how, in this movie? Like, the, it, the movie takes itself seriously right up to the point that it just stops taking itself seriously and does something cartoonish. And that's a problem. If you're going to make a movie like this, you got to make it silly the whole time. Yeah. Like, you got to buy gotta in. Have, what you have to have is have someone sucked up to the hurricane, the good person, the good guy, and the bad guy, and have them, like, fighting whilst they're being sucked into the oh, hurricane. Oh, that would be cool. And then the good guy's able to, like, go into the eye of the storm and throw the bad guy and he gets, like, yeah. sucked up. If this were a triple X Return of Xander Cage-level film, this would there would be a lot more, like, throwing hubcaps into the wind to sever dudes' heads off. And that's what and, I like, wanted. That was cool. Like, that was a moment where literally I was like, no. Like, I was screaming at the, at the, at the screen, like, no, no, you're not going to do that. No, no. I and did enjoy... Did it, and it was like, oh. I did enjoy when the bad guy semi got sucked up and then dropped back on the highway and then the uh, trailer fell on the cab and exploded. <laughs> yes. That was pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, want, I want a lot of that. It was at that know? point, I was like... I think they know they're making a shitty movie. Yeah. Well, especially because, oh, so, yeah, so you you mentioned that at the beginning, like, so the dad dies, and then the, the, the tornado picks up the, and I know, but it behaves like a tornado. It picks up the house as if it's, uh, you know, um, made out of sticks. Dorothy's house. Uh, Dorothy's house, no, yeah, is what I was thinking. So it picks up the house and turns it on its side. And then the boy looks up at the sky and sees the demon skull come out. And then at the end, the demon skull comes out of the clouds again. And then the credits roll. And they're still, like, literally, the credits on this movie roll, they're still in the eye of a hurricane that can kill them in any second. But it's just like, well, I don't know. We killed the bad guy, so I guess everything's good. Um, it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Oh, so to, hearing all this does make you want to watch the movie, Zach? No, I'm, yeah. I also like I'm the part really glad I made the choice I made. I also like the part where they're trying to take down the radio tower. Yes. Um, and then he finds that like net full of hubcaps. Yes. And then starts using the wind from the hurricane to propel his throwing of the hubcaps, yeah. and it totally lodges in that dude's chest. He basically like he's like you know using the gravity gun from Half Life Two to shoot hubcaps into people's skulls. Uh, that part's pretty good. Um. Yeah, I also really like the moment when uh, True Blood gets free. He sneaks away and wants to go release all of the army dudes. And he gets to this fence where that that the, they're all tied in. And the hackers see him, and they just go push a button that turns it into an electric fence. And True Blood gets electrocuted. And you're like, wait, why was that an electric fence? Like, what? Yeah, uh, what would that? That's the kind of logic the movie has. Yeah. What would that accomplish in the money shredding facility? Oh my goodness! See, I, I, I would have probably loved this film if it had already come out with a Rift Tracks commentary or something like that. Yeah, I, this is that's the way happens. I want to enjoy this film after hearing you describe it. But there's also, I mean, there is some kind of funny little moments, and like, like I said, I, I think there's a couple of things in here that inexplicably would be great in a last action hero movie, but here are just bad scenes, and they didn't realize they were bad scenes. Um, my biggest annoyance was like how pandering it was towards like Southern culture. Oh yeah. Like there's a checklist of like, talk about football, talk about veterans, talk about, yeah. uh, uh, good old boys and, uh, yeah. guns. And I uh, was just like, okay. I'm a citizen of Alabama. With, like with horrible, like English people trying to do Southern yeah. accents. Oh, whiskey is yeah. medicine here. And yeah, uh, yes, I will. The, now, yeah, the dialogue was bad, but then I do think that the joke of him making breakfast by pouring whiskey in a coffee cup, pouring instant coffee into the whiskey and stirring it with his finger, I was like, oh, that's a good joke surrounded by a bunch of shitty dialogue. Mm -hmm. um, 
but I thought it was yeah. coffee grounds. I was like, does that even work? No, no, <laughs> it was it was instant coffee. So uh-huh. instead of using water, he's using whiskey to make mm-hmm. his instant coffee, and then you know just stirring it with a fi- his finger, and like that was a good gag that probably True Blood came up with on on his own, and then and he's sorry, like, hey, I should know leave. his name. <laughs> if we're gonna leave. Uh, uh, we should board up our windows and like they have all that plywood that's like the exact size for the windows already cut. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a stone building. You can't you can't screw those into the the building. It's a stone building. Maybe, uh, maybe the wooden window frames. Maybe I'm know. just saying. I I couldn't stop thinking about it while they were having silly conversations outside. Oh no, here's the most maddening thing. And he rescues his brother at the mall, and his brother like runs out the like oh the yeah mall doors, and then they're just like. Oh, he's not back at the auto garage. Oh, well. Like, where did he go? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he found it's, a boat. It's terrible. <laughs> so here's some trivia. Hurricane Heist was originally titled Category 5. Ooh. Yeah, maybe better. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan Quantin is his is True Blood's name. Um, yeah. He's fine. Yep. His accent's not as bad as the other guys. Oh, the thing that kept driving me crazy is, so he's got this cool tank thing, right? That's got, like, he can push a button, and it pushes, it puts spikes in the ground, and, like, like it's all his hurricane, because his dad was killed by a water tower, so... <laughs> With a skull in the hurricane. <laughs> yeah. His his dad was killed by a demon hurricane tornado. Uh, hornado. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, sorry, that was actually Brooks's joke. That wasn't mine. Please, um, that's got to be the title. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, Cashnado. Sorry, uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. That is actually really good. Uh, yours last week is maybe the best title you've ever made. Uh, thank, yeah. thank you, thank uh, you, thank you. Like really, really good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so he's got this silly tank, and it's got like <laughs> it's got like Lambo doors to get out, but it's like a. Ha- it's actually no. The doors are the back of a of a pickup truck so there's like a a tailgate and a pop-up top you know a lambo door part which means that you never see a shot of someone getting in it because it's the most inconvenient vehicle to get into like imagine if there was a tailgate next to your you know coming off of your car when you open the door and you had to like climb out of it like a baby and then jump down out of your tank it's the most impractical thing. It drove me insane. When the enemy's like firing on her and while she's trying to pull down the tower, but she doesn't close the doors. I'm just oh. like, close the doors? Why? Don't you- I don't know. Why, why did he <laughs> have to climb so high up the tower? He only needs to attach it to the one leg and then pull that thing back, like, and then fishtail like it's like it's the lost world. Um, I, I I didn't understand. And then they also don't understand anything about satellites because the satellite signal doesn't go down until the tower falls all the way, even though, like, all you have to do is pull that tower about two feet one way so that it's not in alignment anymore, and, like, you'll be good. Also, there's a hurricane going on. How does the satellite signal... Oh, no, it doesn't have to. It's only going to the building. It's not going to a whole satellite. It's a direct signal to the building. I guess. Who cares? Oh, no, it's not, because they're hacking into, like, the government to get the number. Yeah. yeah. It's a satellite. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. This movie doesn't make any sense. What? <laughs> You're telling me that a movie directed by Rob Cohen called Hurricane Heist, released by Entertainment Funtime Studios, doesn't make sense. <laughs> Did you watch... When they're uh, chasing the semis, and then they decide to get out of the, the pickup truck and then jump on the back of the semis. Yeah. And then in the background, they just they take a moment to kind of like talk about their relationship as brothers as they're like, yes, squatting on top of the <laughs> the back of the semi. And then the background, the truck that they just left is still 
kind of like yeah. <laughs> cruising <laughs> forward. Like, oh, yeah. I wasn't paying attention to the dialogue. I was totally watching That's that truck. That's all I was watching that truck. Yeah, me yeah. too. <laughs> like, first of all, when he steps out and there's no one driving it, it's like yeah. it should just immediately like reduce speed because there's no nothing on the accelerator. But yeah, then it's just like in the background, still kind of like going 10 miles an hour and not like swerving <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like when Indiana Jones jumps off of his horse onto the uh, onto a tank, and you're just like, "Oh man, what, now what's that horse gonna do?" It's the same thing. I cared <laughs> it's more. Free, ab- man. I cared more about that truck. I was like, "That was a good truck. You're gonna want that truck back." Daddy. And they did because those big trucks couldn't Daddy. drive very fast. Oh, they probably got sucked up into that hurricane. <laughs> I love when they get off course with the one truck, and then they look up, <laughs> and there's just a magical giant concrete wall, silos, like just a wall of silos yeah. that they have to just barely turn in time for. Yep. Um, yeah, this movie sucks stupid. ass. Oh, it was awful. It's just awful. But not in a fun way. And not not bad enough to be fun. Though. Like, that's what it I was, mean. It's not bad enough for it to be fun. Yeah. Like, I did need to know, and I'm glad I saw it. It's not the worst film. Like, it's not 47 meters down, where it's just kind of boring, and then it insults you really bad at the end. Um, like, at least this, it moves pretty quick. It's got a, it, you know, it's got a bunch of different dumb scenes in it. It's got a few moments that are good. It has Maggie Grace kicking a car door real cool. Sure. Uh, next week on Real Nerds Podcast, we'll be seeing Academy Award winner Alicia Vikander in Tomb Raider. Fuck yeah. Um, so oh, stay tuned man. for that. I'm so excited. Anything to add this week, Brad? Me? Why me? Because you never add anything. But You don't say bye. People are always like, what's Brad thinking when the show ends? And we never know. Uh, I always thought he was thinking about potatoes. I think after but... six years, I don't think it's it's an issue. It, for me, it is. I'm not, I haven't done anything before. I'm not going to start now. Mm. Uh, I do want to point out that I was looking at Scott Speedman's account here, mm-hmm. and he is officially not credited in... Oh, no, yeah. He's officially not credited at all in, in Underworld Awakening, uh, oh. which... You know, after after Back to the Future two and Crispin Glover's whole thing, whole like lawsuit, theoretically he should be. Yeah, I wonder what happened. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened either, Kelly. Oh, you know what? He's he's here under archive footage, so maybe they they used footage from the old film, and for that they're not they don't, they're not obligated because I guess you never really see his face. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. It's still his likeness, though. It is. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Anyway. All right. Cool. Bye. Maybe he'll be in uh, Tomb tomb Raider. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.